The following podcast is part of the Underdog Sports Podcast Network. For advertising information or to find more great podcasts, visit us at www.theunderdogsports.com and follow us on Twitter at RealTheUnderdog. Okay. Well, just for the record, we got a son in Phoenix, too. 52 to... <laughs> Hello, everyone, and welcome to the Sunny in Phoenix podcast, a weekly podcast where we keep you up to date on everything Phoenix Suns basketball. My name is Charlie Erling, and as always, I'm joined by Mitch Krumpetich. What's up? This week on the show, we're going to talk about the Devin Booker All-Star snub. After that, we'll be doing our usual game recaps and previews for next week. And then we'll we'll do a little Super Bowl action instead of the non-sports plug, as per usual our annual Super Bowl recap. Follow us on Twitter at Sunny and PHX Pod. Same thing for Instagram. Go on iTunes, leave us a five-star review and a comment, and you will get a shout-out on the show. To follow up on our bet question from last week, shout-out to Buy Entertainment. I hope I'm saying that right. At Buy Entertainment on Twitter. His guess was eight rebounds from DeAndre Ayton. We were guessing DeAndre Ayton rebounds in the game against Dallas. He said eight. Ayton had nine. So I won this because I picked 12 last week and Charlie picked 15. So we were tied for the month of January and we actually had it come down to the Super Bowl. I had picked the Niners to win. Charlie picked the Chiefs. So he wins this. Our tiebreaker was the Super Bowl. So congratulations. You win the month of January. That's three in a row. (laughs) Three in a row. Yeah. (laughs) It's not looking good for me. We've been eating good. Yeah, you have. Yeah. (laughs) Applebee's three months in a row. That's right. I mean, (laughs) those $5 apps. Yeah, that's the way to go. But yes, shout out to Buy Entertainment on Twitter. Give him a follow for sure. Okay, and we know this is a few days after the fact, but Devin Booker was once again not named an all-star this season, and this seems like the year that Suns fans and Devin himself can probably be the most upset. The numbers he's been putting up this season, everything everything that the guy's done for the organization so far, it it just all speaks to being an all-star. I, I don't I don't want to go into numbers and go nutty about this because everyone's already talked about it. it. Up against his competition, the numbers favor Devin in every situation, except wins, which is tough. Is that something we just have to accept right now? Do we need to be a playoff team before Devin gets an all-star bid? I guess. I mean, I guess we need to win 50 games. By the all-star break. to Or move out east. Yeah, yeah. It's it's truly ridiculous. This is pro- possibly the worst snub I've ever seen. This is really bad. Um, you know, the, the no dunks guys, uh, they used to be the starters. They were talking about this. And, you know, they brought up some interesting points in that uh, the, the all-star rosters are still kind of determined by position a little bit 
But then there's guys like Zach Lowe who say, no, that doesn't matter. They don't actually follow that format. But this year it seems like they did because I don't know how else Brandon Brandon Ingram gets in other than just being a forward. Um, Lee Ellis on the No Dunks podcast brought up a good point in that Ingram did have a change of scenery and is putting up good numbers. And, you know, if, if things wouldn't have happened as they did with the Lakers and Ingram was still there, he probably wouldn't be an all-star. But because he's got a new uniform, a new team, he's sticking out a little bit more. But, yeah, it's ridiculous to me that a guy like Ingram is an all-star when we've won more games than the Pelicans and Booker has been putting up better numbers. So I guess it just comes down to the difference in position, but that's stupid. Let the best players in. I know it's tough. And that makes me think of the quote that he had about how he, how the NBA isn't the game he fell in love with because it used to be that the best players actually played in the all-star game. And I mean, you can maybe argue that, I don't want to sit here and argue that at all, but because I feel for the guy, and all of us Suns fans do. We we see what he does every night. I know me and you both watch all 82 games every year, and I'm sure a lot of you that listen to this podcast also do, but what he does night in and night out is special. And the thing that burns me the most is the coaches are the ones who really were the ones who didn't let him get into this game. The vote came up to them for the reserves. And don't tell me those coaches, every time they play the Suns, what's the one thing that their defensive game plan revolves around? It's not stopping DeAndre Ayton's mid-range shots. (laughs) No, it's not. Yeah, it's all about Devin Booker. And, you know, I think this brings up another point in that when you talk about all-star snubs, you have to think, well... Who does Booker replace? So Ingram is a pretty clear answer, but if we're really looking at positions, okay, let's look at the guards. Devin Booker has been better than Russell Westbrook, Chris Paul, uh, Donovan Mitchell. Like, I think Booker should get in over all three of those guys. I know Chris Paul's having a great season. Booker's better. It's, It's simple. I know, and there's so many arguments for each guy, and... You know, Donovan Mitchell plays better defense than Booker. Russ has the recency bias of when Harden was in his slump and was out or whatever the situation was. Russ was playing great basketball, but they were they didn't even have an above 500 record during that time, mind you. They were able to ride Harden's great season and their solid record. You know, it's, it's tough, and right. it's so well, frustrating, but yeah. yeah. I mean, reputation, too. I think that kind of comes down to it in, in that sense where guys who have made the All-Star game before, you know, Russ is there frequently. And I think coaches really look at that. Right. Well, I hope they will enjoy watching Chris Paul uh, dribble it out into a mid-range jumper with a few seconds left on the clock. And... That's kind of funny because maybe Devin Booker does that once in a while too. But yeah, I just exactly. I just think Booker would be more fun to see in an all-star game at this point. Yeah, I mean, I'm not going to watch the all-star game. Uh, just to be straight up, I'm not going to watch it. Is that salty uh, of how 
Is that petty of us? I I don't think so. So I I don't really think the All Star Game is that great. I like the dunk contest. I like the three point contest. The Rising Stars game I'll watch because Aiden's in it. But I don't think the All-Star game is all that great. And I don't think the new format is awesome. I, I don't know. I don't care. Like, they can do whatever. But I just, I don't think the All-Star game is that great. The only reason I would watch it is if Booker was in it. Or yeah. a Suns player. You know, I think that the things they're doing this year to honor Kobe, I think that's actually pretty cool. Yeah. And, um. Maybe I'd watch it just to see how that goes down because maybe that does bring a little more entertainment into the factor because each quarter means more, really. I don't know. Maybe it will be cool, but maybe I just stick to the dunk contest and three-point shootout like I kind of usually do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, there will be plenty of highlights online. That's usually what I do for the All-Star game. Sure. I mean... It's also I, it's the All Star break. I mean, I take a break too. <laughs> I gotta prime myself for March. That's right. Go Zags. <laughs> Go Zags. That's right. Yeah. All right. They just I, they squeaked one out against San Francisco. A little bit of a trap game. Or so or what? No, they won by five. Oh, four. an actual trap. They, game. Okay. Yeah, they were down. Yeah, at San Francisco was kind of a trap game for. Okay. For. You know, Gonzaga kind of struggles at those points, but we needed a real test, I think. So a real test from San Francisco. We, we, I I understand <laughs> that. Yeah. Okay. Well, we've had some injury issues too. I hope Tilly's okay. He's a big what if. Almost I, Elias Harris level what if. Killian oh wow. Tilly. Yeah. I was gonna say go <laughs> on because I haven't watched the Gonzaga game all the, this year, and I don't know if I ever will. To tell well, you they. This. I'll tell you, they in that game against San Francisco. You will tell me. They've got a they essentially had a six man rotation. They brought their like freshman big man from I forget where he's even from, somewhere in Eastern Europe. Um he played six minutes. And otherwise we just had like one guy off the bench. Oh wow. So yeah. not not very dissimilar to what the Suns had to do against the Bucks. Yeah, basically, yeah. Wow. But, I mean, it was the same thing the year they went to the national championship game. They were running a seven-man rotation, and when Collins got in foul trouble, it just threw everything off. But this isn't a Gonzaga basketball podcast, though it could be. <laughs> it, it could be, but you might have to replace me because I wouldn't be worth a darn. <laughs> Well, All right, uh, and you know I'm glad we've moved on because I'd rather not sit here and be salty about the Devin Booker snub. And let's move on to these game recaps, and we have something good to talk about here. We went one and two on the week, but that first game of the week in Dallas against the Mavericks, one of the nicer wins of the season. Final score one thirty three to one oh four, and we just came right out of the gates and made our mark on this game early. 32 to 19 after the first quarter. Yeah, this was shocking. Uh, like I I did not expect this one bit. We contained Luca. Porzingis, man, Porzingis has been terrible this it's year. It's crazy. It's yeah, crazy. Yeah, it is. It is. Uh, you know, contained their bench. JJ Barea had 15 and Jalen Brunson had 15 as well, but you know, the only guy in in double figures for their starters was Luca. So, you know, we contained them pretty well. 
and then having big scoring games from Aiton with career high 31 points, Booker with 32 points, Ubre with 19. It was nice. And then our boy Milk, Ty Jerome, coming out with 12 points. We're looking for a bench scorer still. Milk's been trying. He's been trying. This yeah, this was a nice little week that he had, but sadly he missed the Bucks game where we could have used every healthy body we could get. But mm-hmm. it's nice seeing him come around. And yeah, our bench combined for what is this? 32 points in this yeah, game. Yeah, that's a lot more than usual. That's a lot more than usual and it it was absolutely necessary for this big win. And this is just a little peek at what this team can really be when man not even everyone was healthy in this one we're, we're still scrounging at the back of the bench but I mean this our starting five looked pretty great in this one aside from Rubio who only put up six points but then again seven assists two steals only one turnover he, he's doing he only a, took five shots right yeah this is a this Rubio was, game this was a Rubio game and Yes, he has struggled at times lately, but he's dealing with injury too. And, you know, it's it's a, it's tough for the Rubio thing because we're, we need shooting. But then again, we need guys to do what Rubio can do as well. We need, we need a solid defender on their point guard. We need a good distributor next to Devin too. We need all those things. So. The shoot, Ricky shooting, I'm still not upset with it on the on the season. Right, right. I'm not either. And you know, we're we're starting this new lineup too. That's Rubio, Bridges, Booker, Ubre, Aiton. I guess if I do that in order, it would be Rubio, Booker, Bridges, Ubre, Aiton, which is what a lot of people have been looking for. Um, but it does take a little bit of shooting out because Aiton doesn't shoot threes. Bridges is not a great shooter. So, Ubre's been cold too. That doesn't help anything. So, you know, taking Dario out of that and having no Baines still, having no Kaminsky, we're down. You know, I'm not calling Baines like a shooter or anything, but he shoots more threes than Aiton. We're down guys that that can shoot. Well, and I guess Dario wasn't hurt for this game, but he got hurt too. So, yeah, it's it's okay. Right, and I'll I'll be much more satisfied with this starting lineup if Dario can make his way off the bench. I, I know that he's said in the past that he doesn't like coming off the bench and he's used to being a starter. And yeah, I know that can mess with the flow of the game. If you're used to starting every game, it, it's probably tough to come off the bench and even vice versa. Uh, once you get used to coming off the bench, it's nice to be able to sit back and see the pace of the game before you check in. But as long as Dario can move into this, I think I'm fine watching this this uh, starting lineup, giving him a chance at least. Yeah, I mean, this is it's kind of a weird thing because it's like, is Dario really, is that really what he wants? Like, does he want to start and then not play after the first quarter? That's essentially what had been happening. He was playing for you know, I don't know, nine, ten minutes of the first quarter, and then sitting again until, like, the end of the third, beginning of the fourth, and then not playing anymore. You know, he was getting 
15, 20 minutes a game. Is that really what he wants to still start? Or do you think he would rather play a few more minutes and come off the bench? Yeah, that's a that's a really good question. I, I wonder what the, the best way to do it is. And then you got to think, if Frank Kaminsky is going to be able to come back anytime soon, what kind of wrench is that going to throw into things too? Because imagine if we're back to 100% health next week. How much would the rotation have to be changed once again and everybody right. getting back into that? I think it's going to yep. it's going to be tough no matter what kind of competition we're playing or or what, but working everyone back into the lineup is going to we're going to have some bumps for sure. Yeah, but that brings up a good point. The trade deadline is Thursday. So we could have some movement. We don't know for sure. There haven't really been any rumors flying around. The only thing that I've seen is after the game against the Thunder, James Jones and the Thunder's GM, you know, someone took a video of them saying, all right, let's go talk then, and then them walking into the tunnel. So a little bit suspicious, but who knows? So, um, yeah, we haven't really heard much, but it's very possible we could have some trade movement. We've got a lot of expiring contracts that we right. can move. That's Yeah, that's very true. And if you want to put on the tinfoil hat a little bit, you look and see how long Baines and Cam Johnson have both been out, where it seems like, I don't know, it seems like they've been out a little longer than I'd expect. Mm-hmm. Maybe that's just me, but... There's there's yeah. been guys kind of uh, sitting out and Frank, it's it didn't seem like I don't remember a Frank injury happening. I don't remember hearing no, that he it, did. He had that he had those shin splints or oh, something like that. Okay, that was and then that long-term. turned into more. Mate, was yeah. that the case? I, well, okay. I mean, he they said he was going to be out for quite a while, and then they would have to reevaluate. So that one was somewhat serious. Okay. But yeah, Baines, I mean, I don't think his was too serious. I mean, he was moving a little slow, but I don't think it was anything too out of the ordinary. And he's a tough guy, so that's an interesting point. Cam Johnson, I hadn't thought about that, but unless there's like someone who's super interested in him, I don't I don't know that anyone would really want him that bad. Yeah, I don't know. He's just filler for a bigger trade. Who knows? We'll know on Thursday and maybe nothing happens. And I don't know. I wouldn't be upset if nothing happened and we just got back to full health and see where we can go. I mean, I think I would be a little bit upset at that because we have too many point guards who don't know what they're doing. Oh, like when we have three point guards out on the floor at one time with flashbacks to IT Dragic and Bledsoe, but worse. (laughs) <laughs> because it's our bench unit. Yeah, and it's yeah. Javon Carter, Tyler Johnson, and Ty Jerome, or Elliot Copo. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I, I mean... throw them all four out there. Right. <laughs> yeah, we might as well. And then check Diallo. Perfect. Yeah, that sounds like something Monty would do. No, I mean, I would like to see one of Tyler Johnson, Acobo, or Javon Carter get traded. I mean, I think Ty Jerome is another one of those guys that it's like, it's probably not worth it just because of money. And I don't know who's really going to want him at this point. So I would like to see probably between, I'd, I'd really like to see Tyler Johnson just because he's expiring and makes a lot of money. 
but him or you know a Kobo like James Jones didn't draft a Kobo. I don't think he like yeah. Monty and James Jones are very attached to Elliot Kobo, but there's probably not very much interest in him either. So you know that that's probably true, but at this point I'd take an Elio Kobo rated small forward just to have sit at the end of the bench just to balance the roster a little more. Yeah. Just a, a completely neutral trade of some sort. I wouldn't be mad at that. Just get a new body in here and that, that can fit a little better and maybe have a chance to play compared to I mean, we have how many point how many point guards on the roster? Guys that can play point guard who should maybe be playing in the G League or not getting <laughs> minutes at all. Yeah. There's there's five or six of them on our squad and that's right. unnecessary. Right. And I mean I think about this too. Before this season, we didn't have Ricky Rubio, and we didn't really know if we were going to land a free agent point guard. That's, so yeah. we were kind of preparing for the worst. And now that we don't have to do that anymore, we have this logjam of G League level point guards. Right. Listen to us just getting into a talk about this after we we're supposed to be talking about dominating the Mavericks. In a game. Yeah. How <laughs> well, do we okay. do this? Well, let's get back to that. It was great to dominate them. That was awesome, especially think, with the Mavericks. And it's like, I, I at first, you know, when I was looking back at this, because this game was a while ago, I was like, wait, did Luca play in this game? Like, maybe he was out because I know he got hurt recently. Like, oh, maybe he was out for this one. But no, he played and we still beat him like big time. He played only 25 minutes. I'm not sure if it, that was a sign of defeat towards the end of the game when they started leaving him out, or if he may have tweaked, tweaked that ankle a little bit more. Mm-hmm. I don't know if that was the start of that injury or what the situation is with him, but I, I'm not positive. But it was nice to see us contain Luca and then watch DeAndre come out strong and just remind everyone that he was the number one pick. Uh, the first play of the game was a... A, a turnover by the Mavericks with a Devin Booker to DeAndre Ayton alley-oop right over Doncic's head. That was how the game started. It was really nice. And then we got to see Ayton bully Doncic a little bit down in the lane. And we saw all these things. And Ayton just looked like a new man in this game. And it was great. Yeah. He's showing those flashes. This is something he can do on a regular basis, but he chooses not to. I know. It. What is it, though? Is it when he's going up against strength, some big veterans who have been in the league for a while? It seems like he never wants to dominate those guys, but then he gets up against string bean Porzingis, and he wants to try to dunk on him. Or when we're playing the Knicks, with they have just Randall out there, who's and maybe Thomas Robinson. He's got those guys beat athletically and, I mean, just... Yeah, all around. Well, I, I want to see him do that at least attempt to do it against everybody. Right, and you know, as you say that, this is kind of what I think, and this is just purely a hypothesis. So we'll have to watch more, you know. But it seems like the guys that you're naming are guys who are going to play, attempt to play tough D on him and come up and not let him shoot those mid range shots, you know. And I think maybe that's when he realizes he's not going to be able to shoot those shots and then he gets better looks like he needs to be doing 
Now, the smarter guys in the league, not that those guys aren't smart, but the, the guys who know DeAndre Ayton's tendencies a little bit more are going to back way off when he's at the at the elbow because they know Ayton's going to shoot that, and he doesn't shoot that at a very great clip. So, I mean, if I was guarding Ayton, I'd back way off. Go ahead and shoot all day. You're seven foot one, and you're not going to get to the rim. You're going to take a mid-range jumper that you don't, hit very often go for it you know i wouldn't guard him until he made two of them yeah i i straight up would stay back in the paint and just say put it up big man and once he right. made two then i'd give him the respect and then i'd step out there and try to right knock him off right. that shot but it, but we never even see it get to that point we we never see that jump shot become so deadly that guys are overplaying him out there to let him get to the rim right that the whole sequence of it is what upsets me so much. I talk about this every episode, but he needs to earn that jump shot or that jump shot needs to make the defense pay. And neither of those have happened yet. Right. And you know, this Dallas game is a good illustration of what he can do though. He had a great spin move right to the rim and he finished with almost a dunk, which fine. Those moves, like we know he can do that. We know he can get good post position and throw up a little hook shot. We know that he can do a pump fake and then go up strong and maybe get fouled. I don't know about that. But, you know, he's got some of these moves in his arsenal. And instead, he takes an elbow jumper or a baseline fadeaway jump shot, which I'm so sick of that. I don't, at this point, even when he makes it, I'm like, I don't care if you made it. I want to see you go toward the basket. Yep. And you can tell it's a, a shot that he's confident in because of the rhythm he gets in and how how he how much he likes to shoot it. It's something he likes to do, but it's not working right now, so you got to try something else. Right. But, and I mean, the my last point on this. I said this at the game against it must have been the Thunder. Yeah, it, the Thunder on Friday. And I actually got someone in front of me to turn around and laugh and acknowledge me. I said, DeAndre Ayton is seven foot one and he plays like he's five ten. Yeah, it, it's it's pretty true. Until until he doesn't want to and then he looks like a monster. Right. But but seventy five percent of the time I totally agree with that. But mm-hmm. end of the day in this Mavericks game. Booker and Nathan combined for 63 points. Yeah. So. And there, I mean, I can't even complain. That's no, great. that's, that's the, future, well, apparently I can't figure it out. Yeah. We're great yeah. at complaining. That's for sure. Yeah. We'll move it on and we will have plenty to complain about in this one. The thunder game. This one was a tough loss. Final score was one eleven to one Oh seven. And we re- this game was great through three quarters and even deep into the fourth, but Watching this team just kind of never being able to get the the upper hand to really extend the lead enough to put him away, that that's that was tough because you knew that Chris Paul was going to come to life despite being booed literally every time he touched the ball by Suns fans, which was really petty and funny because I like that stuff. Oh, it was great. It was great. yeah, <laughs> but it yeah the in the end they got. Their point, their guard play was really solid. Chris Paul with 20 points, Schroeder with 24 points, and then Gallinari with 27. Those three really just did us in in this game. 
Yeah, they did. I really want Dennis Schroeder. That's who I want to trade for. I like him. I think he'd be a great backup point guard for us. We'll see. We'll see on Thursday, I guess. Uh, yeah, I mean, this this was tough, though. This is the game where Dario Saric got hurt. He played four minutes, and he had two rebounds, and then he walked back to the locker room and never returned. I uh, haven't really heard a whole lot about that, but he didn't play in the game against the Bucks either, so um, hopefully he can return soon. Uh, I mean, Devin Booker had 27 in this game, but he really cooled off. He did most of his damage in the first half and then kind of struggled in the second. Kelly Oubre, 27 points, 11 rebounds. He played pretty well. No assists, which is starting to get pretty frustrating. There's been a lot of times where he will take the ball into the lane, be guarded by four guys, and force up a shot that gets blocked by the bottom of the backboard. I'm so sick of seeing that. Uh, and then DeAndre Ayton, 16 points and six rebounds. He His first rebound came in the third quarter, I believe. It was It was pretty awful. I don't know exactly what the Thunder do to allow their guards to grab rebounds. I know they did, did it with Russ. And now uh, Shy Gilgis Alexander is grabbing boards like a machine. He had nine in this one. But it seems like they do such a good job taking our big men out of the equation. They don't even try to get the ball. They'll let someone else go get it. And I were they double team teaming Aiton to box him out? Or was Steven Adams just really outmanning him? I think, I mean, I think Steven Adams is really good at that. He's a huge guy. He's very intimidating. And I don't think Aiton likes going up against those guys who are super physical. Right. And, you know, guys like Steven Adams are going to oftentimes get the benefit of the doubt when it comes to officiating, too. Though Adams, I think he had five fouls at the end of the game. He almost fouled out. He got into foul trouble pretty quick. But... I still think, you know, he probably could have fouled out. There could have been a few more called on him. So, Oh, yeah. And staying with that, Dort, who is out there just to play defense for them, yeah. did, an, did an excellent job of pestering Booker all night in this one. Ended with five fouls, too, but he maybe could have had eight or nine if it were up right. to me. Yeah, I mean, that whole situation reminds me of when we had Derek Jones Jr. guard Russ when Russ was still with the Thunder in that season where he was trying to break the triple-double record and he could have done it against us. Yeah. And we talked about how Derek Jones Jr. shot Russ down, but he was like one assist shy of a triple-double and he still had 30 points or something. Right. But it was still like, for for Russ at that time, It was that was containing him. Sure. Just frustrating him enough was uh, good enough for yeah, me. Yeah, we won that game too. So That felt good. And yeah. I remember a lot of Thunder fans being really salty with the entire Suns fandom and team and just everything about us. They were really upset about that. Yeah. Man, we could use Derek Jones Jr. right now, though. Oh, yeah. Okay. He's, been, he's been okay, too. I, I, I like think him. just I love that Miami system. Whatever they yeah. do there is just good, straight up. I would like to still have him around. I'd like to have another wing off the bench that's taller than six foot four. Yeah. Yeah. But I think we also need to talk about the officiating in this game, especially the lane violation. 
Uh, who are not watching, which is everyone except for you, Charlie. Uh, I did air quotes on that. <laughs> Kelly Oubre, the Suns are down two, and Oubre uh, attempts to intentionally miss a free throw by clanking it off the front of the rim and then diving into the lane to grab the ball. And he clearly throws the ball at the rim, it hits the rim, and then he takes a step in. And now I will say, he probably wasn't going to get it, but... The ref wasn't even looking. The ref had his head down looking somewhere else, and he blows a whistle and calls a land violation. It wasn't even close. It was nowhere near close. I mean, that kind of stuff is what's happening to us all year. Yeah. I saw the slow motion of that today, and the ref was clearly looking behind Kelly, I assume back towards the scorer's table. And as Kelly shot it, or whipped it off the front of the rim and was already leaning into the lane is when the ref started to look over. And I, I obviously can't tell when exactly he did see the play happen, but it's just, it's just BS. And then you look at the two minute report and they still don't admit it in the two minute report. It's insane. The rule is you can't step over the line until it touches the rim as a shooter. Anyone else can step over as soon as the ball leaves the shooter's hands. Those are the rules. The two-minute report said he was leaning over the free throw line. You can lean over the free throw line. <laughs> right. Everyone who follows through leans over the free throw line. So why haven't we taken back every single free throw this season of people... Unless a person fades away while they shoot their free throw, I'm pretty sure their hand goes over the line. It's right. It's just insane. And then on the two-minute report, you can't even admit it? How how can you not admit it at that point? You're, you're bending a rule on a two-minute report to cover yourselves? Well, what good does that do? Why do you right. even do this stuff? Right. I'm and heated. Now- it's yeah. 1231 in the morning. <laughs> I'm in my little garage office. I bet my neighbors can hear me. I'm yelling. Yeah, I'm, it's, I'm it's heated, rough. Mitchell. It's rough. No, I, I know. I mean, I, I wish we could make it so these games don't come down to these last minute make it or break it plays. Obviously, you don't want it to come down to that. But at the same time, we we have been on the losing end of these poor calls multiple times this season. I mean, we've lost, I can think of four or five games off the top of my head that we've lost just because of, you know, poor officiating. And I really don't like to blame it on the refs and it's on us that it, that we get it to that point. We blow all these leads, but they still need to be calling the game correctly. And even to put an exclamation point on your point, those games are one possession games where we're getting hosed by refs. It's not like we're down five with two minutes left. It's a we lose the game by one possession at a near or at the buzzer. That's happened to us a few times this year, and there's always a questionable call in there, and it hurts. It's getting really old. It is. We need the All Star break so bad. We do. <laughs> I'm heated, but we got yeah. one more game to talk about here for recaps, and it's the Suns at the Bucks at noon on Super Bowl Sunday. That's just weird. Less than do- ideal. 
less than ideal, but we're, we're doing it. The Suns kind of did it. They brought half the guys along. Final <laughs> score was 129 to 108. And in this one, there is no Rubio, no Sarich, no Milk, no Baines, no Kaminsky, no Cam Johnson. That's six yeah. guys missing out. Yeah, I mean, Jalen LeCue played 10 minutes, and Tariq Owens, who we signed two weeks ago, uh, was with us over the summer league, played seven minutes, and took four shots. I mean, yeah, we we were never going to win this game, so we didn't. <laughs> no, and, you know, we really we really kept this game pretty respectable through the first the first quarter was respectable. They got away. They, they pulled away in the second. We didn't let them really take anything more away from us in the third, but in the fourth, they kind of opened it up a bit. But, you know, really at the beginning of the game, I got really nervous because we were running Aiton out onto Giannis, and that was leaving Mikhail Bridges guarding Brooke Lopez. And it was <laughs> as simple as them feeding... Lopez down right in front of the rim and just turning around and dropping the ball into the hoop. It, I was like, what is going to happen? We, we cannot sustain this type of play for the rest of the game. And right. luckily, we stepped it up, and things were pretty interesting for a while. Right. Well, and keep in mind that Mikhail Bridges only finished with a minus two in the plus minus. The best of all the starters by far. Wow. Yeah. That, that's that's good to hear. He he is a difference maker on defense. And there there was a play where Giannis I think this is where a good chunk of his offense comes from. Is Giannis getting a full head of steam from half court and trying to get right at the rim and dunk on somebody. That's I seem it seems like that's what he wants to do. Oh yeah. And he was doing that to Mikhail. Well, all of the entire team he was doing that too, but Mikhail was able to poke one or two of them away out of there. So it's it's nice to see him just stepping up to take on Giannis. But I, I want to talk about maybe the funniest thing I've seen happen this NBA season was when Tariq Owens was going to check in. It was towards <laughs> the end of a quarter, and um, he was at the scorer's table for quite a while during a dead waiting for a dead ball and when he was about to check in Giannis stands up and is about to check in too and Monty sees that Giannis is walking up to the table too and he says ah Tariq I don't think it's time yet and he brings him back to the bench for like a minute or something I don't know what the exact reason was it it had something to do with Giannis but later on he got put out there and Giannis scored five quick points on him and all that. <laughs> yeah. It was pretty good, but uh, Tariq Owens with his first pro bucket, I guess that was a good takeaway from the game. Yeah, yeah. I mean, this one just kind of comes down to half of our team being injured and the Bucks being really, really good with, you know, Giannis is probably going to be the MVP again this year. So, yeah. Yeah, Giannis with 30 points, 19 rebounds, 9 assists, one steal, one block. That's those are it's just crazy numbers. And all the help that he has. Middleton, who just always amazed the other night. I he's yeah. just 
he always amazes me. I, I always underrate him, and I should quit doing that. But he had 25 points, 8 rebounds, 6 assists. He can do it all. Pretty impressive. And then Brooke Lopez had 9 blocks in this game. 9 blocks. That's crazy. I know. I think he was number 3 in the league per game. Mm-hmm. But that'll help the totals out. Yeah, he's... I really like Brooke Lopez, actually. Uh, but yeah, he Giannis definitely has help on this team. So it's going to be interesting to see uh, how how the East shapes up at the end because the Bucks are looking pretty good. For sure. And we'll, we'll talk quickly about the Suns here. Devin Booker brings it, as always, 32 points, 9 for 15 from the floor, 12 for 13 from the line, 7 boards, 6 assists. Uh, just thankful for him in this game because our next best player point total wise, Deandre Ayton with 20 points and 14 rebounds. That doesn't sound bad. You know, second year player, 20 and 14. That's pretty good. But 10 for 27 from the floor, zero for zero from the free throw line. So that's 27 shot attempts, not getting to the line a single time. And yeah, I know a lot of those shot attempts are tip tri- tip attempts off rebounds where there's a swarm of guys down there and he's more or less trying to tip it to himself off the glass. And yeah, some of those get counted to shot attempts, which is tough, but I mean, 27 shot it's attempts. still ridiculous. Zero free throws. That's Yeah. It's yep. something everyone's complaining about and we keep seeing it. And Aiton complained about the refs after this game. Yeah, that's just that's just an excuse. I don't I didn't like that at all. No, I don't think the best time to complain is after going up against Brooke Lopez, who's third in the league in blocks, like I just said, and Giannis. This is one of the biggest teams in the league, and it's gonna be tough to eat your lunch down in the paint against them. Right. But yeah, ten for twenty seven, maybe that hurts the ego a little bit of Aiton, and that's why he Yeah, maybe. Out like that. And yeah, just to go right along with that, Kelly Oubre finished with 15 points and 10 rebounds on five for 20 shooting. I don't, I guess, I mean, I don't know who else is going to take those shots in this game, but five for 20 is rough. I know. And you got to look to Kelly. You got to look to your starters to score buckets and get points for your team. But it kind of stinks when you see Javon Carter come off the bench with 15 Six for ten from the floor, three for five from downtown. If he's shooting that well, I'd like to see him get more shots up in a game like this. And the same with Diallo. He had 11 points, five for nine from the floor. He he was uh, really solid at times. I think that guy needs a little more run and should have been getting it with all these injuries anyways, but it's nice that he's getting it now, I suppose. Yeah. Yeah. Ugh. That's all I got on this one. It was rough. Yeah, let's end that. And (laughs) we'll get into some game previews. There's four games this week for the Suns, who are still sticking at that 11 seed, and we're four full games back of the 8 seed, who are the Memphis Grizzlies. So we dropped one game this week from the Grizzlies. Yeah, we're letting it slip away. But yeah, that first game is Monday, today against the Nets, and Kyrie Irving 
out in this one. Um, I, I saw that his scans came back pretty positive. You know, he'll be out for a little bit, but it uh, didn't seem like anything super serious. So that's good. But yeah, we really, really need to win this game. The Nets aren't nearly as good as people thought, including me. I thought the Nets were going to be really good this year, but I was wrong. So this is a winnable game. Yeah, it definitely is. And it's it's a little rough that it's uh, back-to-back for us, two road games in a row. You guys probably had to watch the Super Bowl on the flight to Brooklyn last night. So uh, hopefully we can get over that and beat this Nets team. Without Kyrie, I think we can definitely compete against these guys. Maybe not if we're missing six players again. So hopefully some of these guys sitting this one was a bit preemptive for trying to compete against the Nets the next night and getting a win. Yeah, a little kind of management. Right, the bucks off is a loss. Yeah, maybe yeah. Baines will come back. Maybe, you know, I just hope someone is back. Someone, yes. We, we can't be missing six guys again. That's too rough. Yeah, it is. All right, and luckily after this Nets game, we get a day off as we travel to Detroit for the Pistons on Wednesday. And this is a bet question game. It is. And since we've had so many injuries, we're going to keep this to the team rather than a specific player. And so the bet question is how many points will the Suns score in this game? So chime in on Twitter at Sunny and PHX pod send in your guess for how many points and the person who's closest will get a shout out on the show. But this is a new month. We're zero, it's zero to zero. So what is your guess for points scored in the game against Detroit? All right. I'm going to go a little higher, I suppose. You know, I'm actually going to go higher than I, I talked with you about the show mm-hmm. before the show. Excuse me. I'm going to go with 118 because I think Devin Booker is going to put on a show. He used to watch the Pistons. He grew up in the area. I think he's going to put on a show in Detroit. Okay, 118. Yeah. Um, I'm going to take the belt off that eight and go with 110. Nice. (laughs) I think it's a little bit lower than our average. Uh, a little bit lower than the Pistons give up on average. I think we're going to be tired from all the travel. This our, our travel schedule is really difficult right now. We're going from Milwaukee to Brooklyn, back to Detroit in a span of, let's see, Sunday, have Monday off. or Oh, back-to-back, so Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, span of four days. We're going to do a lot of traveling. So I think that's going to be tough. And I still don't expect us to be at full strength. So 110 is what I'm going with. But if Booker scores 60, 118 is pretty easy, right? If Booker scores 60, I think I think <laughs> 50 points from the other guys is reasonable. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, yeah, 110 is my guess. All right, so... We also wanted to maybe talk about a player for this or do a player stat of some sort, but the trade deadline is Thursday. So we didn't want to we didn't want to just ruin the week and you know, maybe we want to do a Tyler Johnson poll and Tyler Johnson gets traded. That'd right. just be a travesty. Between injuries and potential trades. Yeah. Tough gotta to stick do. with a team stat. 
<laughs> All right. So trade deadline Thursday and the day after Suns versus Rockets and the day after that Suns versus Nuggets. So back to back games at home to end the week. Rockets and Nuggets. Are we going to win either of those games? I'm going to say no. Oh, <laughs> oh it, our tune has changed so much since <laughs> the beginning of the year. Do you remember that 7-4 start? I remember. I remember it, yes. I'll oh, never man. forget. <laughs> yeah, we really need the all-star break. Yeah, so. I think so. Yeah. But with that, let's move to our non-sports section, which this week is a sports section, just not basketball. We talk about the Super Bowl every year. We we We've done full episodes based on the Super Bowl. We're not doing that this year, obviously. But, uh, yeah, what would you think? You know, I it was exactly as how I expected it to go. Because if you remember <laughs> and you listened to the show when we did our predictions, I said the final score would be Chiefs 31, 49ers 21. And the final score was actually 31-20. So I was really close. You were. That's impressive. I was I I don't think I've ever been this close on any sort of Super Bowl betting pool of any sort. And, of course, I didn't put money on this, and it really didn't have any effect on anything, but I sure nailed it, right? Yeah, you did. Yeah, I mean, it was a good game. It was entertaining. Um, up until the very end, the Chiefs kind of pulled away. But, you know, they they played a great fourth quarter. I definitely wasn't rooting for them. But, you know, as I've said on here before, I'm not as... Um, Football isn't as important to me as it used to be. I still watch a lot of games, but I don't follow it quite as closely. And I was hoping for a good game, and we had a good, entertaining game. Uh, the first half, things were close, finished 10 to 10. Third quarter was entertaining. Fourth quarter was most fourth quarters pretty entertaining. So a lot better than last year's Super Bowl for sure. Uh, the halftime show was not my favorite. I I didn't think it was great. Really? (laughs) (laughs) I, it felt very Miami. Yeah. You know, the theme was right. Yeah. And, you know, I was kind of thinking about this uh, a little bit later after the game and the theme was right. Yes. But think about like your average, your typical football fan. Do you think your typical football fan is a big Shakira fan? Because I, I don't really see that. Do you think your typical football fan enjoyed watching J-Lo and Shakira shake their butts? Uh, probably. Probably. Yeah. I think that but might have been I, the, the yeah, target there. Yeah. Probably. I don't know. It it wasn't my favorite. I don't think... it. You know, other halftime shows have had so much more than just the focus on like the singers. And now I know they had dancers and things like that. And there were a few political statements that were interesting. Uh, but I, it just, I don't know. It wasn't, it wasn't, it wasn't my favorite. It, it wasn't terrible, but it wasn't great. We'll never get Prince in the rain ever again. Uh, that'll never that happen again. A good one. Prince was great. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I'm just like, why haven't we seen Metallica? I feel like Metallica was built for a Super Bowl halftime show. Yeah. Are we ready? Well, 
I'm thinking just a good old fashioned rock and roll band, and don't call Maroon Five an old fashioned rock. Right, band. no Maroon Five, and not too old fashioned because if you remember, the Rolling Stones were pretty awful. Yeah, was, I mean that was a long time ago, but yeah, they they weren't great. So yeah, I mean I don't know. It's to play to perform on that large of a stage is never really gonna go well. It's it's a logistical nightmare. So I don't know. It's tough. But I, you know, I think about like Lady Gaga and Katy Perry and those halftime shows and. Uh, again, still not my favorite halftime shows or anything, but they have uh, elements that are very exciting. You know, like Left Shark became a whole meme, all of that. And, <laughs> like, I don't know. I think I think they just had um, more fun stuff. But I don't know. It was very Miami. It did fit the culture for sure. And I know I saw I saw a few people on Twitter saying like this halftime show made me realize that I really need to go to Miami. <laughs> that's like, funny. funny i may have said something like that myself maybe it wasn't during the halftime show but yeah yeah i don't know i it, it's uh there weren't any wardrobe malfunctions which we can be thankful for yeah. i suppose i don't know i i have nothing against it yeah it, and i mean it's it's impressive to see j-lo in her 50s doing what she's doing and shakira is 43 i think so yeah mid 40s what they're doing at their ages especially is very impressive and i mean they're good performers i don't want to take that away they're they're good performers listen to us (laughs) talk talk more about the halftime show than the game itself but what if what if me and you put on a halftime show (laughs) oh it would be a what would people say about us oh I don't even want to know. That would be yeah. horrible. They'd I say, would never be able to leave the house say, again. That was very Midwestern. <laughs> <laughs> those boys ate some meat and potatoes did, growing did up. Those I'll guys tell you <laughs> did those guys know they were at the Super Bowl? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it would not be good. Yeah, I could never do that. But yeah, I mean, game itself, though, entertaining. Um I think they're both good teams. I think they're teams that could be back in it again next year. It was, it was good. It's fine. Yeah, I I'm done talking about football. I'm done talking. Yeah, Are you done talking? Yeah. All right, let's end it then. Thank you guys for tuning in to another episode of the Sunny and Phoenix podcast. Check us out on social media at Sunny and PHX Pod. That's Twitter and Instagram. That's both. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, no. All right. I I need to go to bed. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you again next week. (laughs) Go, sons. Go, sons.